0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Project Torah, Daf Memdad, page forty-four. This is an adaptation of the Mimer, the first discourse in uh, Parshas Nitzavim, which is found on Daf or Amud Gimel of Daf forty-four. Now we have a verse, a pasuk, Atam Nitzavim mayim you're all standing here today. And we know that Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah is always precious Nitsavim. And the whole concept of Hayoim, which means today, that alludes to Rosh Hashanah. As we know that is brought down in the liturgy of Rosh Hashanah, that this day Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of your creation of mankind, which is reminiscent to Zekrelium Rishane. Now, specifically, the Hebrew word used here for mitzvahim, standing, it connotes cohesion on this day. Rosh Hashanah, the entire Jewish people, including every member of each of the 10 spiritual categories that comprise the Jewish nation, which categories are alluded to in the verses quoted in the summary section above, all these people, they stand united as a single entity by each individual realizing that even if he or she is indeed a great person, there must be at least some small advantage which his or her fellow has over him or her, And we all feel a greater bond between us, both in our daily lives and on a more subtle level pursued by our souls. This bond of unity between us Jews is a prerequisite for God, in turn... Uh, in a similar bond, to unite with us on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, God reveals anew His sovereignty over us, and we, in turn, proclaim ourselves His devoted subjects, renewing our purpose in creation and bringing about the ideal unity between God and man, a more detailed understanding of how to achieve this unity, also the significance of repentance, and why it is particularly appropriate in Rosh Hashanah, you may take a clue from the next part of the verse, that you may pass into the covenant of a Shemir God. The idea of a covenant, a bris in Hebrew, is to cement a relationship between two parties, to create such a strong bond of unity as to defy intellectual definition and transcend logic two close friends for instance might establish a pact between themselves to symbolize that their friendship will be eternal even if they become separated or if one should eventually wrong the other so that you would reasonably expect their friendship to terminate remembrance of the pact ensures their continued relationship in a similar fashion as out of his great kindness towards us jews hashem made us with a pact to stand by a relationship in times of strain, even if we transgress the will of Hashem, and one might reasonably expect Him to abandon us, that Hashem remembers this covenant and has mercy on us for its sake. Now this concept lies at the crux of our entire worship, the Torah of Voida on Rosh Hashanah, as it is expressed by the saying of our sages regarding this Voida, that Kodesh Baruch says to the Eden, um, recite before me verses of kingship, to proclaim me as king over you, and also verses of zikrenis, verses that serve as reminders so that your remembrance may come up favorably before me, and with, what do you accomplish with this? with the shoifar's horn, which is on in Rosh Hashanah. Now the significance of this Teaching of the Talmud is that Rosh Hashanah is the day on which man was created at the beginning of time. This is an act of the purest kindness, since it was no in no way prompted by any action or merit on the part of yet to be created man. When the first man Adam was created, he recited the Psalm of Telem that Shemelach Geuslavish, He is clothed in Majesty. This is because, with the creation of mankind, the awesome majesty of Hashem became apparent. Now that he had subjects over whom to rule, the sovereignty of Hashem could be expressed. And Adam was so inspired by this revelation of God's kingship that he was moved to recite the psalm. In fact, what Adam did was quite correct. Rather than recite psalms of Telem praising Hashem for having made mankind in the first place, Adam praised him for revealing his kingship over us is worth some little thought that existence without Hashem, Chaz Hashan, existence without some element of the spiritual would render man just another species. It is in the fact that Hashem singles us out and proclaims himself king over us Jews in particular that gives our life significance, objective significance, as opposed to subjective importance any given individual attaches to their own doings. Indeed, as mentioned above, it was the creation of subjects over whom to rule that facilitated the expression of Hashem's kingship in the first place. And it's for that very purpose that we were created. Again, on the first Rosh Hashanah, when Adam was created, this wonderful kindness on Hashem's part, i.e. revealing Himself as king over us, was completely unprompted by any merit of ours. Now, however, we must show ourselves worthy of having Hashem himself as our king. Actually, every year as the anniversary of Rosh Hashanah falls upon us, of that first unsolicited kindness rolls about, Hashem does continue to proclaim himself as king over the over the Jews, but this revelation of godliness must be first elicited by us. It must elicited it first. Now, what can possibly be done um, by that? What can anybody possibly do to prompt Hashem himself to relate to us? The answer is that we must invoke the pact of love the, the bris, this covenant, pact of love between Hashem and the Jews. The way to do this symbolized by, is through the blowing of the shofar. And that's what it means. Ubameh, besheifar. And how do we bring about this favorable remembrance of this, uh, pact by, uh, proclaiming, uh, Hashem king over? over the people is through the shofar. Now, the shofar blast is the most basic of sounds, a simple horn blow, uncomplicated by notes, words, etc. It represents the inarticulate cry of our soul as a jams for God, which cry, paradoxically, is the most eloquent expression of our love for Him. For there are two kinds of love for Hashem. The more superficial, which is aroused by an individual's contemplation of how wondrous Hashem's universe is, the staggering multiplicity of his creations, and how he is the one who gives life to them all. But when a Jew realizes that these things are but creations of Hashem, they are nothing but things he made, but have no resemblance whatsoever to God himself. He or she breaks through to emotions at the very core and essence of his or her soul, awakening the innate feelings of love of Hashem, and yearning for him alone that are buried deep in the heart of every single Jew. Only the soul being literally a part of God can experience such an all-consuming, fiery love for Hashem at its source. Now this yearning is all the more intense in one who repents whatever transgressions that he or she may have. Since the very thought of having gone, of having gone against the will of Hashem, makes one long, all the more to come back, to unite with Hashem from then on. Some emotions are simply too deep, too basic to be expressed in words. And the inarticulate cry of the shofar is intended to represent this deeply rooted love and inexpressible yearning for Hashem that we experience with heartfelt repentance. When Hashem sees how deeply felt in the very core of the soul is the person's repentance and desire to unite with Him, He reciprocally He reciprocates by allowing His Holiness to rest upon that person. Is as though Hashem responds to heartfelt repentance by putting His own heart into the relationship, so to speak. One may now really wonder, given all the above, how such a thing is possible for now, that we have explained that through repentance, Hashem's own essence actually relates to a person. And on a more collective level, to all the Jews... The original question that we asked, how can anyone possibly attain this level, is strengthened rather than answered. Now this is where the unique nature of our covenant comes in. As the nature of such a pact, this supra-rational covenant serves to perpetuate our relationship with Hashem, even when logic and reason demand otherwise. In this case, it does indeed appear impossible, logically incomprehensible, that Hashem himself should relate to us as our king. One can certainly only be a king over those who at least relate to him. A man can never proclaim himself king over sticks and stones, only over other men. When you think about it, it seems as absurd for God, the creator of the universe, to whom any created being does not relate any more than stones relate to man to be king over us to us mortals as for the man with the six to reign over them yet out of his love for us jews god gave us this wonderful pact which tr- transcendent of all that appears logically possible arouses in god the desire to go beyond the nat- natural order of things and relate to us as our king anyways that Hashem on one hand raises us up and the other hand, allegorically speaking, lowers Himself so that we may indeed meet at the level of king and subjects. This is the meaning of the verse, bivris Hashem l'kecha, that you may pass into the covenants to establish you, to raise you up, say, to raise you up. To be for him a nation that we, that he may be to you as a, as a God. How truly awesome this pact is. Now, still, we must ourselves be worthy of being Hashem's subjects. Just as in case, in a case, we are not exactly the most perfect subjects fit for the King of Kings, we try our best to bring Hashem to renew his kingship over us anyways through heartfelt repentance and through our worship on Rosh Hashanah. That is the good advice that Hashem gives us in the saying of our sages quoted above. For Hashem truly wants to accept our repentance and to be our king. That uh, the way to pray before me and Rosh Hashanah is to recite verses of Malchios, Zechrinus, and accomplish the Shoifers kingship, repent, remembrance, and through the shofar. Rosh Hashanah is the most auspicious time to elicit God's kingship since it was on the first Rosh Hashanah that Hashem revealed His kingship over us out of pure kindness, not merited by anything we had done. By reciting verses on Rosh Hashanah that mention this fact, we hope that Hashem will overlook our sins and reveal His renewed kingship this year as well regardless of our own spiritual standing. These are the verses on the theme of God's sovereignty that we'll recite during the Ustah prayer in Rosh Hashanah. We also remind Hashem of the wonderful, supra rational covenant between us through the verses of remembrance in the Ustah prayer, which refer to Hashem remembering the covenant. Finally, through heartfelt repentance, from the very essence of our souls, symbolized by the inarticulate soul cry of the shofar mentioned in the musa verses referring to shofar we indeed bring god to respond to us on a level stemming from his own very essence as it were thus relate to us as king on rosh Hashanah thank you very much that's the end of the discourse and i hope you enjoyed feel free to read the full adaptation in our weekly blog